All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. You're here with father and son co-host duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you today? Doing great, and uh, we have a great guest on. We've had him on before, good friend of ours. Why don't you give us the intro and maybe some stats? Yeah, so we've got with us today Anthony DeLuca, obviously a familiar face and friend with us here today, and uh, he's currently ripping it up. In, uh, in the league he's playing over in Italy right now, um, the Alps HL, and uh, 20 games played right now, 19 goals, 29 points. He's lighting it up. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about the season today and what he's been up to and all the things in between. So we'll welcome Anthony DeLuca to the show. How's it going, brother? Hey, good, man. Always, always nice to be back with you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. So the last time we talked, uh, things were different in your world and you had a lot of options that were up in the air. Uh, now you're well into your season um, there in Italy. Uh, just bring us uh, a little bit about how the opportunity in Italy uh, happened because you were last at Manchester. And when we had you on, I think it was in April, I think you made it known then on our podcast, you weren't going to sign with Manchester again and that you were going to uh, you know, test the open market. So what happened and how you doing and how the season going now? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did, I did make it pretty clear, uh, about that, uh, in match too many things went on for me to even consider going back there. And, uh, yeah, well, I, I might've mentioned it also too. I have my Italian passport, so that's, that's beneficial for me uh, being here. And my, my agent was, it was kind of a no brainer, uh, for him. He definitely wanted me on an Italian team so I could get my full passport and be be considered basically an Italian within 16 months. Uh, now, obviously, that process has started. And, uh, yeah, so he was – during the summer, he kind of reached out to uh, only Italian teams and, you know, saw what was out there. And then uh, here in Gardena, I've only heard good things about the city and obviously good things about the organization. And, uh, yeah, Pretty much, it was pretty a uh, pretty easy choice. They they were one one of the first offers, and it was it was pretty uh, pretty pretty quick. Honestly, uh, within a week of talking to my agent, it was it was done. So definitely not like last year waiting around and stuff. So it was it was it was cool to have a summer of no stress and just knowing where I was going. And they took care of everything, the dog, the my girl, and everything. So it was it's uh, it was definitely well done there. So uh, it certainly sounds like that that was the goal was to end up in Italy, at least for this year. Um, did you have any other offers in the EIHL, ECHL, AHL, any of those other things to where like it would have been tempting to? Or was this just like you said, he only reached out to Italian teams. This is where we were going. Uh, definitely for me, um, I, I was I would have definitely considered a Sheffield offer. I would have loved to go back to Chef. You know, it would have definitely been hard to pick between Italy and Sheffield, but, uh, unfortunately there was no Sheffield offer. And, um, that was, that was a place that I really fell in love with. And, you know, I'll, I'll consider home to me for, for a very long time. And, you know, and you never know down the road, maybe, maybe I do back end up back in chef. Uh, obviously that's, on uh, that's a lot on their end too, if, if they want me back and stuff. So, uh, but I, I really, really enjoyed my time there. The city was amazing. The fans were even better. It was, such a such a fun rink to play in you know they pack that rink all the time and uh it's i actually have a lot of buddies there that you know that that their second goalie right now anthony maroney is there and he's a close buddy of mine and when he got that sheffield offer i was like man you like you gotta go you know so i have very high praise for that organization they do things very well around there 
the ownership group is very, very well organized. And yeah, it would definitely be a nice spot to end up back. You know, never know, like I said, maybe back, maybe a couple of years down the line. So current team you're on, uh, Andrew mentioned it, you're tearing it up. Uh, well, you got 29 points in, in 20 games. So that's, I mean, you almost got a goal a game plus an assist. So um, you're playing in beautiful Alps in Italy. So um, I'm sure that the views there are, are great and the food is great. But talk a little bit about the team. Now, you're one of only three imports. And uh, I think one came from Sheffield, right? Uh, defenseman came from Sheffield as well. And uh, I, I don't remember who's the other import you got. Uh, yeah, we got Brad, who's uh, he's we're line mates. We've been line mates all year. He's been here for a while, so that's that's obviously like a good sign when a guy keeps coming back, right? And then, like you mentioned, yeah, the Kevin Schulze is we played together in in Sheffield, and uh, he it was actually he messaged me this summer that he was debating uh, retiring, and then uh, Gardena sent sent out the the post that I had signed there, and that was the team that had offered him. So he's like, you know, if you're going like, I might as well come for a year and play one more year in Italy and then we'll see where it takes us. But yeah, like you said, the views are unbelievable here. Like we got the ski world cup here next week. So obviously it's one of the best places in the world to be skiing. I, I look out my window and it's mountains everywhere. I'm, I'm really, I'm really lucky to have this honestly. And our apartment's amazing. They treat us really well. The imports are are treated very, very well. And like I said, like, you know, you, you look out your window and it's the, literally the mountain of the ski world cup, like right there. So I can't really complain on the views for this place. Yeah. So kind now, of alluding, my, my next question too, what, what, where does that rank in your career of all the places that you live now? Like to, when you've played professionally, I mean, city wise, uh, it's definitely, it's a very, very small city. Like, I don't even know if we're, 10,000 people in the city and then obviously during tourist season it's a lot more packed like this has been the first week that it's been really really bumping because of tourists and I think it goes up to like 50,000 in tourists but um, honestly I'd, I'd say view wise quality of life it's it's probably at number one night obviously lived in some pretty wild places and you know some really cool cities but I mean forget about you know there's not there's not much much to do there's obviously not much shopping not like a million and one restaurants but i mean just to come outside like i said and just see those mountains every day it's like it's unbelievable there's just streams of water everywhere you go little we got a waterfall in front of us too like i wish i could show you guys around it's such a, it's such a beautiful view it's honestly like it's it's amazing and obviously for family and friends, they are, they want to come see when I show them on FaceTime, They're like, all right, we're booking a trip right away. So it's been nice. We've had a lot of family and friends come through. Now, are you going to be eligible once the, uh, the sort of dual citizenship happens uh, for the Italian national team? Is that anything that's being discussed that they might be looking at you to play for the national team? Um, yeah, for, for me, obviously that's, that's the goal right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to, put up points, put up numbers and show that I'm, you know, I have my spot there. I don't think the national team was really an option before a couple of years ago when, you know, my agent started mentioning it and this and that. And I was kind of hesitant to come play in Italy. You know, I, I had never been to Italy actually before this year, even though I have my passport, 
And, you know, I didn't know much about this place. I didn't know much about the league either. And obviously, you know, like you play a lot less games. You, like I said, the quality of life is just, just phenomenal. So I'm, I don't regret my decision at all. And at the same time, it, it puts me in a spot to be eligible for the national team, which would be a dream come true, obviously. So what are the uh, the big obvious differences in the league that you're playing in now in Italy compared to EIHL and ECHL, which I know that there are differences between uh, North America and those Europe, European leagues too, but is it as physical? Is the ice bigger over there as well? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, the ice is bigger, but I would definitely say not as physical, especially uh, coming from the EIHL. You know, it's there's so many North Americans in that league that at the end of the day, it is the most North American style game in Europe and you know we I played on teams with 14 15 imports so at any given night you know you 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 kind of feel like you're back home whereas here uh it's you know we have three imports you're allowed four uh but we we're only signed three right now and obviously it's you know it's a it's a league that highly relies on its imports so there's a bit more stress for the imports I'd say uh, to perform night in, night out. And obviously the fans, like, if you have a bad night, you'll definitely hear it, you know, through the whispers of the fans. Cause at the end of the day, if you play bad, it, it looks bad on the team. But uh, I, got, I got to know that really quick and tried to turn things around. I, I was kind of snake bitten at the beginning of the year. Thank God we had five or six exhibition games. And I, I don't even think I scored a goal in the exhibition game. So uh, they, they were kind of freaking out at first and, Obviously, as the season started, then things started rolling and I got back to myself and also chemistry with uh, the other import. Brad there uh, helps a lot. So he's he's a really good centerman. He's been helping me a lot. And it's it's been like I said, there's a lot of stress, but at the same time, it's fun and it, it puts you in the in the mood to, to perform for your team. there. So your style of play. Have you had to adjust it at all for this league or is it just full on what you normally do? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's been some adjustments. Obviously you can't change your complete game because, you know, at, at a certain point, that's, that's what brought you success, right? Your own, your own little things. And, but there has been a lot of, uh, of adjustments and we have a North American coach and he's a real, really easy player coach. Like you can walk into his office at any time and talk to him and, uh, he actually lives a minute away from me, so we we end up crossing each other all the time. So he's he's a really good guy. We we talk a lot. We have a really nice open like relationship talking wise and stuff. So uh, at the beginning of the year, he asked me, uh, you know, if if I was willing to play PK, and obviously I'm you know I'm a competitor. I I do wanna I wanna play PK, and now you know I'm I'm out there for every PK, which has never really happened in my career. And obviously, like I said, it's a bigger role for imports. So you got to be first power play, first PK, first line, right? So I, I really enjoy that. And I, I really, you know, for me, I don't take it as much as a stress anymore. I take it more as a responsibility. And, you know, like I said, playing with Brad, at least we're two doing it. And, you know, when you're out there on the PK and you're two imports, you don't feel as disadvantaged, right? And we still get our chances. We're Obviously, we do a great job. We try to do a great job defensively blocking shots, but uh, honestly, we do get our offensive chances too. So I, I definitely enjoy that. So what about the uh, the rules for the league itself? You know, you're just getting used to the EIHL where you've got the Challenge Cup, you've got the regular season Winter Cup, 
or, you know, the regular season winner, and then you also have a separate playoffs as well. What is it like for the uh, Italian league over there? And is there a lot less pressure now throughout the season? Because it almost seemed like in the EIHL, you don't have a game to waste ever. There's no time to catch up. What are the differences there? Yeah, so the biggest difference I'd say is, like you said, right, the the season counts so much in the EIHL, whereas here it does too, of course, because, you know, there's less teams uh, that, that make the playoffs in this league. So how it works is kind of I, – I'm still not 100% sure about it, but I guess there's a pool that automatically makes the playoffs and then there's a pool that doesn't make the playoffs and then they play a tournament within each, within each other and the top two kind of get in. So the top six makes playoffs and then the bottom, I think – I don't know even know how many teams we are in the league. I think it's 16. So the last 10 have a tournament and then the top two of that tournament make the playoffs. So – there is definitely that stress of being in the top six. Unfortunately, right now, I think we're 13th. So we're looking at that play in tournaments. But I mean, at the end of the day, we still have our chance. And you never know if we sign a sign an import, it could be a, a really big help for our team. But yeah, there's there's also the Italian Cup. So basically, whenever you're playing an Italian team, it's three points towards the season and then three points towards the Italian Cup. So those games become a bit more stressful where you got to perform against Italian teams. And right now we are, uh, we're, we're basically on the brink right now. We're fourth out of, out of six Italian teams. And we just got to hope we're done our Italian games. And we got to hope that uh, one of the teams under us doesn't pass us basically. And they have two games to get uh, three points. So they basically need a win in one of those two games. So kind of stressful, but I mean, you never know if we get in, we can we can surprise a couple teams. So you're certainly the star forward on your team, I think, looking at the stats. Uh, but like you said, the team's kind of been struggling out of the gate. What is the team doing here? Um, what's sort of the plan to turn things around after this first part of the season? Yeah, it's uh, definitely like like you said, we kind of dropped so many games at the beginning of the year. It was it was tough to jump back, you know, up there up the table, but. I mean, lately we've been playing a lot better. Uh, just even the games that we're losing, we're, we're not getting blown out like at the beginning of the year. You know, we were losing some games by hefty scores. So uh, right now we're, we've been looking a lot better. And that's why, you know, I truly believe we could surprise people in, in the playoffs. And by adding an import, I know we are looking for one. And at the beginning of the year, we, we weren't necessarily looking for one. So, um, yeah, they, they kind of know it's crunch time and they got to sign someone big. So hopefully whoever comes in is, you know, that piece that we needed to put us over the edge. And if we, if we can just get into that Italian cup, then, you know, then into playoffs, it would be a, we could turn the season around. So that would definitely be nice, but yeah, it's, it's, it's up in the air for now. Yeah. So what's the, what's the hockey market like in Italy, um, especially for your team or even the away teams that you play, because, you know, you're used to the big, crazy soccer, you know, S crowds in the EIHL. Any similarities there, or is hockey not as popular in Italy? And I mean, and and don't you and and you also travel to what other countries are in your league too? It's not just Italy, right? Yeah, so we have two Slovenian teams and then also Austrian teams. And right. I'd say the Austrian teams definitely uh, get bigger crowds. Uh, some of the teams uh, get worse crowds because the uh, you know we have Red Bull Junior, which have also the ice hockey league. So obviously their fans are going to the bigger team instead of the lower team, right? So there's them and uh, Klagenfurt that also have an ice hockey league team. So 
teams like that obviously draw small crowds, but I mean, uh, yeah, there's, there's not that many people in the stands. Like we're, you know, a big game would be slightly over a thousand, which obviously is a big, big difference from the EIHL. Um, so that, that kind of was the biggest, you know, eye opener about this league. Uh, also kind of like we mentioned before, you know, the rough and tough game of the EIHL, I was used to finishing checks. I was used to, you know, putting guys through the board and it was not a problem. Uh, my first game here, I, I hit a guy, which, you know, I thought it was, you know, well, I was expecting the guy to protect himself at first, you know, and the guy just kind of wasn't expecting a hit whatsoever. And it it looked, it looked worse than it should have been and got a two game suspension out of it. So ever since then now, you know, I'm super hesitant to hit. I barely touch anyone out there. I just try to go along with my business, try to get my points and not play a physical game. Cause I don't, I don't know what, you know, I don't want to end up with a suspension. Don't want to end up with penalties. So that's been kind of the biggest, biggest change for me is, you know, downing, downing my physicality and playing just more of a skilled game, I guess. The disciplinary board can't be any worse than the EIHL. I mean, I will rag on the, the elite league, man. It seemed like if you just, hit anybody you're suspended for whatever reason it, that i mean i don't want to i don't want to get off on a tangent but it just seemed like the ehl that that player whatever it was called that yeah. hands out your suspensions is pretty pretty stupid you're a vet now you've been a vet um are you now starting to have that role of leadership in the locker room or have you already had that because if not, it's certainly coming. If you're that type of player, I think that could command a locker room. Um, yeah, well, you know, like my my first couple of years in Europe, I was always the youngest guy on the team. So I was just kind of looking up to guys, you know, trying to trying to pick good influences. And, and fortunately, I, I did have some really good guys that took me under their wing. Um, a guy that comes to mind right, right off the hop is Jonathan Phillips, right, my first year in Sheffield. And uh, he was my line mate. So was Evan McGrath. And those guys were such good, such good guys. And honestly, there it was just one rule on the line. There was just no one gets mad. Always just be happy and things will come. And I, I feel like I learned so much from that, that, you know, just playing happy and playing without stress just brings so much more success. And I, you know, I am a the type of guy that gets heated and stuff. So obviously that was like, something that really, really helped me out. And to this day, obviously I still do get heated. It's, it's in the heat of the moment. I can't just, you know, completely eliminate that, but I obviously I try to, and yeah, now it's, it's trying to be more of a leader, uh, you know, try to be, you know, try to be vocal in the room and, you know, get the guys going. And um, especially in key moments, I've, I've kind of always been, been a guy that scores big goals and scores late goals in the third period. And, um that's that's kind of my way of showing the guys you know that how much I care and that you know don't quit type thing so I think a lot of guys have, have shown that on the team and you know last game as a great example we're down we're down 5-2 and within the last two minutes of the game it's a 5-4 game so you know that that was pretty cool to see the guys kick back and you know I get one then uh, right at right again you know one of our younger guys gets one so it was it was massive to see that, you know, the guys just jumped on board and, uh, you know, basically gave, gave a shit till the end. So I've, I've always been like that. And that's kind of trying to 
I'm always going to keep that in my game. And it's, it's been nice to see that the guys are on board with that. Well, maybe it's a difference too, man, because you're, if I'm not mistaken, you are one of the oldest, you are definitely the oldest forward on your team. If I'm not mistaken, I think the average age is like 19 to 26, you're 28. There's only what three players over the age of 30. So yeah, you're having to, to drag these guys into the fire some games you have to, because you're going to have to probably lead by example just naturally at that point. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, um, there, there's been a lot of instances that, you know, the, at the beginning of the year, we kind of showed that we were just down and out in games and um, it, like the games that I got suspended, I was obviously watching from the, from the crowd and kind of after the game, you know, coaches asked me for my, for my opinion in front of the guys. And I, that's kind of what I mentioned, you know, it's just like, there's no, there's no like, sorry for my language, but there's no fuck you attitude. You know, there's no, there's no care right now. And, you know, if we get scored two or three, and we're down two three zero. It's kind of like, all right, well, let's pack it in. It's another beating tonight. But at the end of the day, like you know, it's I don't see it that way. And uh, my my first home game, uh, I had a really poor poor first and second period, and we were down three zero to VP Teno, which is an Italian team. So that's that's a big game for us. And uh, VP Teno was first in the standings. Um, at that point, they might, they might still be first or second. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, going into the third period, I remember like just telling myself like, man, like you got, you got to do something to fucking like, you got to wake, wake up this group. Like you got to wake yourself up. Like you had a poor first and second. And I told the other import, uh, Schulze, you know, like, man, I was, I was awful. Like I got, I just got to be better. Like a hundred percent got to be better. And, uh, third period, I just kind of turned it on uh had three goals in the third uh got the overtime winner finished with four and ever since then the guys kind of just you know you know looked looked for basically big goals and big moments and at the same time you know they're more they're more into it and at the end of the game we those are our best minutes of the game and obviously that's gotta bring bring the whole 60 minutes but like i said before at least at least we're moving forward and we're, we're we're picking up on things that need to be picked up on. So let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk just hockey in general. And from fans perspective, Andrew and I, we've talked about it. We're noticing, particularly in the NHL, I'm sure it's everywhere. A lot of players are turning their back. They're not protecting themselves. They're getting boarded. Uh, sometimes from watching on TV, it kind of looks like the players are putting themselves in that position of vulnerability. Um, do you see that happening more and more? And is there something that can be done to talk to these younger players that they can protect themselves a little bit more? Or, or is it just back to 70s dirty hockey where everybody's going to board everybody? It just doesn't seem to be that way. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it is back to 70s hockey. I think it's, you know, guys are, there's the, the game has become so skilled now and there's almost like too much trust in the game that you're not going to get hit. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's a fast paced game and sometimes it isn't meant, you know, guy doesn't mean for, for it to happen, but if he's coming in a million miles an hour, like, and he's, he's thinking of hitting you and you turn your back, like he's gonna, he doesn't have the time to react to not hit you. So yeah, there is like a certain amount of, you know, you got to take care of yourself and, I don't think people are necessarily taking care of themselves and you see it, you know, in, even in our league, like 
a lot of stuff happens that could have been, you know, just basically if you would have just turned the other way or just taken a, taking a little info before doing your play, that wouldn't have happened. So at, at a certain point it is on the player to take care of himself. And obviously there is some dirty instances that have happened. That is the game. It'll always be like that, but I mean, yeah, we, you can't, you can't just blame everyone, you know, and, and just say, yeah, everyone's dirty when you keep turning, you know, it's, it's a bit on you too. So. So is that something that should be, in your opinion, addressed way early on when they're teenagers or is it something uh, if they make it like you did playing in juniors, does it start that early of somebody teaching these kids not to turn their, their back? Like, yeah, I, I mean, you know, one big thing of coming from Quebec is uh, we we hit very late, and that was something I never agreed with. I think that learning to hit at a younger age, first of all, two young kids running into each other can't create such a big collision. So the risk of injury, which people think is so high at that, like, yes, there will be injury, but it's is it like is it that much higher i don't think so i think at the end of the day you're teaching kids to hit properly and also like you're mentioning to receive a hit so if you don't know how to receive a hit and you've played 15 years of your life without getting hit once in your life yeah you're probably gonna make a, a play thinking that the guy isn't gonna hit you and then he crunches you so at the end of the day if you if you do learn at such a young age you know it's so much easier to learn at a, such a young age and also perfect it while you're while you're playing there's you know there's less chance of an injury and, a, and an important injury because when you're at 200 pounds or whatever it is you know what i mean it's that's that's a significant contact not at 35 50 pounds you know like two kids running into each other can't hurt each other that much i so that i've always strongly disagreed with and i think if if there if it was implemented at a younger age, hitting and how to receive a hit, it wouldn't be as dirty. It wouldn't be there would be no head hunting because it would be really just to position yourself better. And at the end of the day, like yes, there will be always a dirty hit every once in a while, but I think there would be a lot less. Kind of to wrap it up here, let's talk a little um, elite league hockey here. You no longer play there. You might, you mentioned you might want to go back to Sheffield if there is a, a good offer and everything works out. So there's, you have that door still open to the league, but what does, as a former player, you played for two teams over there. What does the league itself over there have to do to move ahead? We know we talked a little bit about your struggles at Manchester. Uh, there's been other teams that have not as been as, financially sound as say a Sheffield or Belfast um, what does the league need to do as far as a player want to come and play in that league what does the league got to do or should I say the management have to do for of the teams because it just seems like you've got a few that have the money the support even the fan support and then other teams that constantly struggle yeah like and that, that's the biggest thing is there is such a big gap between the top teams. And I don't want to say the bottom teams, but the team was not so much money. And, you know, like there's a reason why I would love to go back to Sheffield. And there's also a reason why I would never go back to Manchester. You know, I, like Sheffield, 
you would get paid on time. You would get meals whenever you wanted. We had a kitchen right in the room. So we'd have breakfast, you know, you'd go for a game on the road. You didn't even have to question. You definitely had a meal before and after. Uh, there was, you know, great, great facilities, great everything, you know. Manchester, I still haven't received my entire paycheck from last year. So at the end of the day, you know, like you can't, it's not even comparable. Like there was so many problems and there was great things about Manchester. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I did have a good time there, but at the end of the year, when I go back and I'm promised that I'm going to receive my money and then, you know, I ended up getting somewhat of my money this year which was what five or six months later like you know it's it obviously leaves a sour taste in your mouth so when guys are asking me hey should i sign in manchester like right you know I'll, i'm i'm honest with them you know like well if you're willing to risk your last paycheck then yeah no problem the city's unreal there's things to do every day but if you're willing to risk your last paycheck when you're home then yeah by all means man it's it's your money do what you want but I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't get my last paycheck. I had to fight for every penny. And, you know, they they didn't want to give me my bonuses that they agreed on. You know, I have texts with the owner of of him agreeing. Yeah, don't worry, you'll get your money and never, never ended up getting those those bonus. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to say it's tough to say good things about them. You know, it's it's it really is like little little things that really, really leave a sour taste in your mouth, you know, like leaving that place uh i i broke like my my elbow pads during the year and stuff like that like i had given the trainer my spare blades that i brought from home and uh you know when i was packing my bag i had no elbow pads because <laughs> they had taken theirs back like you know and then wow. i asked him for my blades and he's like oh like i forgot them somewhere i'm gonna <laughs> ship them to you and no problem like promise you you'll get your blades and I'm still yet to see them. So, you know, like I messaged him about it and he's like, basically gave me the old fuck you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to say because I also ended up bringing a buddy there, uh, Joe Debian. And he also, unfortunately for him, he got absolutely zero money from them. So that's, that's even worse than my situation, but I mean, obviously so there, bringing him. Yeah. They, so there was the rumors um, of, you know them i don't know if it was bankruptcy or whatever uh liquidation at that moment there were some rumors going around but now it seems like and of course it's probably not going to help you and the new owners are going to say we don't owe you anything because you know we just bought the team it goes from whatever day one of when we owned it uh but they seem to have gotten um i read uh, a canadian sports either management company or, or an owner or something, I'd have to really get into it. It happened only a few weeks ago. Um, it sounds like the team would have maybe folded if they didn't have new owners kind of jump in. And does the fact that you've got a Canadian management or a Canadian owners, uh, is that maybe something that's good for them? Or, I mean, I don't know. I'm not from Canada. You are. Or it could <laughs> well, be mean more of a, yeah, I, I hope for the guys there that, you know, at the end of the day, like you never want to hear about a guy not getting his pay. So I yeah. de I definitely hope it is a good thing because the guys that are there, I, I hope they get paid and I, I hope they don't have to go through my situation. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's there was so many problems and so many little things, you know, like 
they just they don't treat i i in my opinion maybe people think it's you know better than what i what i receive but at the end of the day like you know when you go to a when you go to belfast and you you get the you take the plane at 12 and get picked up at 10 and your first meal that you receive from the team is after the game like you start asking yourself questions like why am i even on this road trip if they don't care about me if they don't if they can't provide a pregame meal that we've been gone since 10 in the morning you know like it was little things like that that it it just doesn't really make you want to play for the organization and you know at the end of the day like they're so worried about other things you know and the, they're putting a bar tab of if we win a game, but they can't pay their players. Like, you know, yeah. like worry, worry about the things that matter instead of going to party for a couple hundred pounds, you know, like, I mean, yeah, great city. There's so much thing, so many things to do, but I mean, we lived an hour away from the rink. I was promised a car. Didn't, didn't have a car. We had two cars for the entire team. I don't know if you could do the math on that one, but clearly yeah. we didn't fit. So we were tramming pretty much half the time to the rink, trying to find a trying to find a lift with one guy or another. So it was, yeah, there was so many so many things that made it kind of a disaster for me, and that's why it was such a no brainer that I would never even consider Manchester again. And for everyone that asked me this summer, I I told them exactly what I just said there, you know, and that was the honest truth. Like, there's no there's no embellishing it that's literally what it is and i have the i have the conversations to to follow up you know and is yeah. it was just for me it was you know if you give your word to someone it, it means a lot and you know for him to tell me yeah I, don't worry like you'll always get your money everyone's always been paid here and then just not get my money like you know you just lied to me and didn't take care of me and it, it is what it is and so i mean yeah, we we battled at the end of the year. I I don't think it was uh it was necessarily the best thing for for me to go through that and obviously you know, I I like it sucks to badmouth them and it's it's not something that I enjoy doing, but I I definitely think they deserve it because people need to know that they didn't do right. They didn't they weren't honest and if you're not honest, man, the truth comes out eventually. So I mean at the end of the day, yeah, I got some money of what they were, what they owed me, but none of my bonus money and, and not my full paycheck. So at the end of the day, like, what what can I say? Th thanks for some, like, right. All right. Well, and that's the thing is like, you are definitely only getting on to the ownership for it. I mean, it sounds like you had a great time in Manchester, great, great fans and everything. So it's just a shame that came down to the ownership, the people that had the money that couldn't compensate you, which, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you were one of their top players as well. It just sucks that the league, for some reason, can't step in. You'd think that there'd be some sort of, like, commission set up to where um, players are protected, you know? Is there is there a, a player, uh, what's it called? Um, like the NHL PA, yeah, association. Do they have any of those for the IHL? Honestly, I, I doubt it. I don't think so, uh, but that's, that's the perfect example. You know, like, something, like just playing in the East coast, AHL, NHL, obviously there's the, the PHPA and NHLPA and all that stuff. And the PHPA would, would have never just allowed that to happen. Like you, at the end of the day, they would have stepped in and be like, Hey, you owe the money. This is a contract. You, you have to pay this and that. Right. And a lot of guys in the coast that I've, you know, they, there is problems obviously everywhere you go. And 
you know, there, I'm not saying that there's a perfect league anywhere, but you know, things do get regulated at least in the coast. And yes, you go through the PHPA, this and that, but I mean, at every paycheck you, you pay a little part to, you know, towards the PHPA, but when you need them, they do step in and they take care of that. So obviously that would have been super helpful for that situation. Yeah. You know, even at a certain point, my, my agent was fed up of dealing with it because he was going back and forth and I understand him. Like, you know, he doesn't want to spend hours and hours on this, but for right. me, like I, I want that money. Like obviously I didn't pay play for free. Like, you know, right. it was, so yeah, it was, it was an, a super unfortunate situation. And, you know, other than that, like I, I wouldn't have really, you know, set, had anything bad to say, like, okay, yeah, you don't get pregame meal and postgame meal, but at the end of the day, it's a nice city, this and that, like I could have let it fly. But now with, with little extra, 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 obviously it pushes you over the edge and then the money it's like, okay, now things got to change, man. Like right. you, you can't, this is unacceptable. There's, yeah. it's not only that you guys are saving money on no pregame and postgame meals. It's just, now you're not even paying guys like, come on, man. like it's, it's just unacceptable. Yeah. We're, um, where are you going to end up at the end of this season? Is it going to be 36 goals? Is it going to be 40? Are you, are you willing to make a wager? You're at hey, he's 19. On 53 points. He's on pace. You're at 19. It. You're at 19. A 19. Man, I would, I would love to finish with 40. That would be an unbelievable season. Um, for me, a big goal this year was to finish a goal over a goal game, which was, you know, I'm, I'm just under pace for that. Just uh, one goal shy, but um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of told my brother before leaving home, I was like, yeah, you know, like if I'm going there, I want to rip up this league and I want to, I want to really enjoy my time there. And obviously, like I said before, the, the city's unbelievable, this and that, and it's a ski town that, you know, like I, I see it already, like the ski world cup is going to be unbelievable here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to enjoy every moment and at the same time, you know, put up, put up crazy points. So for me, 40 would be like uh, an unbelievable number to hit for me. And I, that would be, you know, I, I think I would have accomplished a lot and also opened some eyes for the national team. Well, since we've known you now, and I think we've had you on maybe three times, maybe this might be even four times, every time we have you on, um, you have a better season than the season before that. So you haven't really hit your prime, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. I think you're going to end up with a uh, a great season, and then we'll. It, is your contract not that you want to talk contracts anymore? But is your con is are they one year deals over there, or do you have a right right like now? Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Uh, I think you guys just might be my boost or something. But um, yeah, there you yeah, go. Right now, I'm on a two year deal in uh, over here with. Nice. Uh, with a player option basically that's actually i'm uh it's negotiations are in december so right around now should be the negotiations and um obviously like i said i'm I'm super happy here unfortunately uh the team isn't doing as well as as we expected and that's that's kind of the 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 one knock on this place is you know but i mean that you know that comes down to whoever we put on the roster and how how good we perform and that can change in a heartbeat. So other than that, I, I do really like it here. And I, I do plan on coming back. Um, obviously going to talk to ownership and this and that. And um, the contract that I have right now, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it. It's, it's a really good, 
really good spot for me. It's really good, you know, they take care of me and this and that. So a lot of uh, a lot of positives out of this place. Obviously, with every place being there a year, you learn certain things that you want to change on your contract. And that's pretty much the only thing that that the negotiations will be, right? Is just take yeah. the little things that didn't please me this year and try to turn them into positives. So other than that, like, you know, the apartment, the the place, the car, everything is everything's been super, super well taken care of. Uh, we got some people around the team, almost, almost kind of like a booster club, like back home, that that really take care of us. Uh, there's there's one guy in the city here. Uh, I'll uh, I'll mention him. His name is Push around here. He kind of does everything. Um, he has a pizzeria in town. He snow blows everything. Like he he literally has about seventeen different jobs that he does. You know, wow. he opens the bench at our games, and he's just always around and. He's such a nice guy. He, he really takes care of me. You know, he always, my family's always welcome at his restaurant, you know, so it's, it's been, uh, it's been such a nice and, and homey experience too, that the people really take care of you. And that that's kind of what I was looking for, right. You know, being a bit of an older guy now and obviously having my dog and my girlfriend here and my family's coming a lot. So it's, it's been really nice to have that, that experience and that homey vibe. So I've, I've really enjoyed that. Well, we're going to always look forward to following you, especially to see if you hit that 40 goal mark. Not not that we're putting pressure on you, <laughs> but uh, you, you seem to every time there's a little bit of pressure, you uh, you turn it on even more. Uh, we'll have you back on again if you're willing to come on. Uh, hang, hang with us a sec. We'll say goodbye off air, but officially on air. We can't thank you enough for joining us all the way over from the Alps. Yeah, well, it's like I said, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. You guys have always been, always been really, really nice with me, and you know, especially at uh, at the times that uh, the lower times of my career, you guys have always been there to speak my side of the story. So, uh, not nothing but praise for you both of you guys, and and you guys are killing it. Keep it up, man. Thank you as always, brother.